Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Oh, you hear that smooth flow there, John? That song is absolutely my new favorite song to play all the time. We had to play it today. Yes. We got a legitimate request from our from our, our, our sponsor, Ryan. <laughs> from our supporter. Our supporter. There you go, Ryan. You That's for it. you, buddy. What do you think, Larry? How would that sound on Bob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It ticks all the boxes, okay. right? We did Stairway to Hell last <laughs> night. So. Okay. Okay. Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Be Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Stairway to Hell is kind of like when I walked down my basement after having a few <laughs> brewskis. <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone. It's been, it's been some time. It feels good to be back at the table. Dom, John? I'm excited to be back here. Yeah, and we're super happy. We have Larry Hansen in the studio again. Larry? Thank you for being here. You're our first ever two-time guest. Yeah. All yeah right. nice. Welcome All back. Right. Well, he's uh, got and, and so much knowledge in his head. He's probably forgotten more about fishing in the time he's been off the show than we have learned. Probably. Well, and that's, that's kind word, guys. Thank you. And we could actually call him a three-time because his first episode was a two-parter. That's true. It was, it was, it was so was much content. Continued. There was yeah. so much content that we got two parts out of it. So. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for sitting at the table with us again. You know, I appreciate you guys asking me. And, and here's here's the thing is my kids don't live here, so I'm an open book. I need to share it. It's the only way I can do it. Well, we've had some long discussions okay. about that. You you do stuff like this, and you're kind of leaving a legacy for your kids. You know, oh, it's, it's something, it's something, it's something I cool. Never, I never thought about that, John. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's for me, it's always like if I died tomorrow, what would I leave my kids? You know, I'd leave them insurance money, but I'm actually leaving them kind of a gift. Like, hey, they can listen to dad's stories. They might not listen to dad's stories, but there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's that's a great thought, man. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, because so. one thing I regretted in life is uh, I had a very, my, it was my aunt's dad, um, and he had Alzheimer's really bad, but he had a flashback to World War II, and he described a day in World War II in detail to down to what he had to eat, everything. And it was the coolest thing, and I wish someone would have just hit record because mm-hmm. the story, an, an eight-hour story of a one day, you know, two days after the when he invaded Normandy, and it's like, wow, this is probably the most incredible thing I've ever heard of because it was some kind of trigger that sent him back, and, you know, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, let's make some history tonight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Let's, let's no talk pressure, about but. some fishing. Yeah. This one's for the ages, yeah. fellas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Larry, this is a great time to have you on because, you know, as we record this here, we are about 10 days out from opener. Mm-hmm. You mean ice opener? <laughs> Hopefully not. I was on ice last Thursday, mm-hmm. and the ice was very solid and not even really... I felt no fear at all. I would have been fine on a four-wheeler, too. Mm-hmm. Not saying that's a smart thing, but it, it was not thought out. No, it's hopefully not going to be the case for too much longer. But there's plenty of open water down here. Yes. And we, you and I have been talking. You've been out on the boat now for a couple of days. Yep. Getting your first trips in for the year. Mm-hmm. How is the uh, crappy run going so far in Tonka? 
the crappy run is fine as long as you stay away from shallow water. Yep. And you got to use your electronics. They're in deeper water. So on Friday, I fish. I found them in 15 to 19 feet. But in the water column, they're 5 feet to 9 feet down. So you're not going to do that without electronics. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not using live scope. Just... What's the water temps right now? Just out of curiosity, I mean, today it got to forty six point four. Okay, so it's not very warm for mm-hmm. what normal, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, always two weeks open. I always think it's like oh, it should be fifty five. I'm yeah. getting close to sixty. Right. Yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. Too. And I think yeah. up north, I think it's thirty two. Yeah, right. right. One. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and there's just virtually no boat traffic right now, mm-hmm. unless they're fishing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not yeah. going jet skiing today. No, but I mean, no, I'm sure there's the been spring, out there though. In the spring, it usually people are out there, but right. it, it, you know, with cold water temperatures, that doesn't bother most of the pleasure boaters. But the air temperature has been crummy and windy and rainy, and mm-hmm. so no one wants to be on the water. It, ha- it has not been a warm spring. I don't remember the sun. I don't think that's been around for a while. They said it was the windiest April in 50 years. Yeah, I, I believe that. You know, I, I've, I was only in Minnesota 15 of the 30 days. And we went to Dallas and um, the beginning of the month, 45 mile an hour winds. And then the next three days was 40 mile an hour winds. I go out to Oregon for 10 days. Wind never stopped. Not that high, but it never stopped. And yep, we're by the Columbia Gorge and all that stuff. I get that. But it was just come back home. It's the same old thing. Just like the whole winter was... Windy, it's yeah. draining. Did you yeah. did you yeah. drive to Dallas? No, flew. you flew. Okay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Wind. yeah. I was in Texas uh, at the end of March, and it's the same thing as like, you know, thirty and five mile an hour tailwind on the way down there. Awesome, coming home, not so much. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think it's been windy for like five months then, because when we yeah. went to South Dakota in what November, it was seventy mile an hour winds for three days. That was a bad drive. Oh, that was a bad drive. Great coming back. Terrible driving into that headwind. Yeah. I didn't like that. Nope. Burned we up. left it early because we had to get home. Remember? We yeah. left on Sunday. That would have been a smart Or on Saturday thing. night. But I had like a 75-mile-hour tailwind, so I got great mileage on the way back. When we drove to Texas in mid-March, I had headwind the whole way there and back. Actually, I had a piece, <laughs> we had a piece of Valley's van blow off. A, wind, a piece of windshield trim blew off on the freeway. <laughs> That's funny. It was like awesome. Didn't Perfect. test it in 140 mile an hour winds. I guess not. <laughs> it was crazy. But hey, there's so it's light. been windy. Yeah, it's been windy. Yeah, but there's light windy. on the corner. It's but that, what's, what's weird thing is, you think with wind, I know usually this happens. You get the ice to break up a little bit and it goes instantly. But this year, I don't think, at least up north, there's been no break in the mm-hmm. ice, so it's still solid. I, I know Gull is still next to shore. There's no gap. Malax yeah. is breaking up though. There's yeah. huge piles of ice at Malax now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Malax. It's the problem is that's it takes ocean. three weeks to thaw. Even if it breaks up tomorrow, mm-hmm. it's just you can't have a piece of ice that's you know ten miles by ten miles thaw in an hour. Mm-hmm. That big Mister Misty. You know. It was uh, interesting too. I don't know if any of you guys used the DNR ice out map. Have you? Do you have any of you guys go on that? No, mm-hmm. I looked at aerial photos of Lake of the Woods today. <laughs> that, that's a little solid still. Well, if you go to DNR. Obviously, MinnesotaDNR.com or whatever, and type in DNR Ice Out Map. They publish this every year, and it's viewer it's viewer information, or it's uh, you know. So you can post on it. You don't post. You and you submit to them, oh, and then they okay. post it. But it 
they always post the dates of ice outs. And they have little uh, pins that they go on the state, and the pins are color-coded depending on when they go out. Mm-hmm. But what was bizarre this year is there was periods for weeks before the metro went ice out where there were the southern Minnesota states or lakes were totally free, but nothing was updating. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like, a hundred lakes went ice out in the same day. So it was it, even just looking at that, which is kind of like, for me, it's always been a ray of hope of, okay, it's moving north. Mm-hmm. We're getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you look at the ice out map right now, the furthest north lake that's declared is just a little bit above Lax. Okay. Not very yeah, far. What, what is its DNR ice out map? Hickory says it's it just went out. Oh, it said April 30th. How in the world did that lake go out? It's right by, uh, it's kind of north of Mille Lacs, kind of by Farm Island. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I know there was a, on Thursday, and I do not, this is not, our children do not try this at home. There was a 95 Chevy Silverado on East Bass. No way. And I was like, that guy's got bigger <laughs> nuts Whoa. than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he parked on the side, but I'm like, that's how you fall through. Mm-hmm. Like, I would take a four-wheeler out. I would not take a full-size truck. No. Well, our, wow. we've got guides still ice guiding. Jesse yeah. Thalman was on the ice. Yeah, yesterday. but they're, that's different. Those guys are. I mean, they're not. And they're not. They're not doing it irresponsibly. But there's still a lot of ice in some spots. There's not one lake above like Malax that's open. I flew over Red two weeks ago, and it looked it looked solid, like just solid ice. Well, and the problem they haven't had a lot of warm weather. We think, mm-hmm. oh, we had forty degrees here today. I'm like, well, you go three hours north, and it's thirty two. Well, and they're making ice at night, even. Yeah. You know, it's cold. One of the days getting that we were getting rain, we were getting rain in the summer in the in the daytime, and they were getting snow. So none of the ice eating variables, except for the sun. Yeah, it's angle. past weekend. This past weekend, though, they got two inches up there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. isn't it supposed to get real cold though? So that'll, yeah, that, that'll, that'll really freeze, freeze making out two <laughs> yeah, inches. Right. I'm 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 betting I'm gonna be ice fishing on opener. I have and not your bomb, on your parents. Yeah, lake? I have not put my ice gear away because of this. I actually put my forty or my twenty four volt. On top of my wheeler, thinking I'm going to go. Your parents' lake will go out soon. It's going to be 70 this weekend. I don't know. We should do an aerial tour, Tom. The weekend's not yeah, here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. We, we, okay, right now, what it, it's Monday night, 9 o'clock, and we say the weekend's, you know, it'll be 70. You watch. You nailed the Tonka ice out date. I know. That's, right on the money. That's because I had, uh, I, I, I felt that. Seriously, he predicted April 13th okay. in February. Oh, all right. I, I said the 21st. Yeah. Yeah, I, was he, away, I was off. I, I was way know. off. I talked to Sacagawea. <laughs> we might have to bleep cool. that out. <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> it's only awkward if you make it awkward, John. Yeah, sorry. So, so I got a little story for the ice out. Yeah. So my grandfather, they used to do a thing called Dunk the Clunk. It was in Spring Park Bay. That's how they used you, to do it. You went to the Piggly Wiggly in Mound. And you put down your time, and twice he won it. So he won the, the pot, right? He'd walk around, so he'd always have like five cigars in his pocket, then this big wad okay, that he was just so proud of. Well, explain what Dunk the Clunk is. So they took an old beater car. Now there's nothing in it. There's no engine in it, okay, even back then. And then they pushed it out, you know, where the access is. They pushed it out, put it out a ways. And then you just pick the time and day, and he did it twice. For when it goes through. When it goes through. And that used to be how they declared ice out. Well, I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know about that part, but, Very it, scientific. but that was, it, was, it was part of the fun of 
Okay. That the whole community got behind it and had a blast with it until some tree hugger <laughs> said, you can't be doing this. Did they pull it out? Did oh, they sure. Recover the car? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's not like the ice house that burned down up north in Brainerd. They just left it and it sank and now it's the best crappie crib there ever. There you go. Yeah. Not going to say <laughs> that it was right. a great thing, but it's been awesome. I've been trying to find maps of sunken boats on Minnetonka and I can't find any. There's nothing. There's a plane out there too. I saw a 41 Ford when the when the Aquaview first came out. That's down by that's down by Smithtown. We've got two brothers okay. that are scuba certified. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be so fun to go out there and spot lock over a over a wreck. There, okay. there's a lot of them out there. Well, yeah, and then you you got still got five big street boats, cars, yeah. the streetcar boats, and I do know um, one of the guys that I took today fishing. He scuba dives it. And outside of Excelsior Bay, it's full of plates and all sorts of stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of uh, plane is in there? Do you know? I don't know. It's in Browns Bay. Do you know any of the history on what happened? Or Mm-mm. No? Nope. But you think of like, I mean, a lake that, it's like White Bear Lake, all those lakes that have been popular for 150, 200 years, they have a lot of history in them. I know my neighbor mm-hmm. who used to scuba dive Goose Lake, which is across from White Bear, found a safe door and a shotgun in the bottom of that lake when they tried to clean it out for the um, water skiing shows so they weren't hitting anything. What was that weird thing you said you found on Crystal? You had to oh, ask your mom yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So th- there's a crib, okay, in this 4x4, four 6x6 four, six six box. It's a crib, and it's full of rocks, and then this big eight or 10 inch pipe that goes up. It's in 22 feet of water. It goes up and then it has a right angle. And uh, um, we couldn't figure out what it was Colt Ringer and I who owns Aquaview. Um, anyway, what, what is this thing? So my mom being born on Crystal Bay, remember it's farm country. She said, no, there's two things. So the old house there, in Crystal Bay, mm-hmm. the, the big old house. That used to be James J. Hill, who put the railroad through uh, through America from St. Paul. Mm-hmm. So he had a roundabout up there. He had 47 acres, and that's who Steinhoffel owns that right now. But anyway, there, was a, there used to be a roundabout, and there was a thing just like you saw on TV, fills up the to make the steam, to make the engine run. That's one thing. And she said, well, but I then, don't understand what that is. Oh, so, okay, you had the guy throwing the coal in to make, there's also water. So there's a big tank of water that needs to be filled, like. To make the steam for what, though? The engine. The steam powered train. Oh, oh I'm sorry. You're saying a roundabout for a train. Right. Oh, yeah. I thought you Oh, I'm sorry. Like I when I say roundabout, <laughs> it, yeah, I just assumed people knew what that meant. Sorry, Dan. But yeah. Yeah, and then they would fill up the water tank again. Right, but then there was also pumping out of the lake to farm with. Sure. And then what we found out, what Colt and I found out, and that came from my mom. Colt found a map that showed exactly what she was talking about. It goes way back. So he tried to find a few more, and he can't find them. So did they rot away? Did they? Who knows? Mm. But for some reason, this one is. Still intact, and so it was a roundabout that was on that was elevated over the lake. Nope, nope. On, uh, this guy owned forty-seven acres. Okay, 
Okay. And meaning he owns the railroad, so he doesn't want to go into town. He wants to hop on the railroad at his house. So it, you would you would pull water from the lake into a into a uh, I had a pump uh, system up into gotcha. a water tower that you'd use mm-hmm. to fill the engines. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty wild. So do you know where the airplane is? No. You, you have you graphed it before? No. And neither has Colt. Okay. Do you know that there's more planes underwater than submarines in the sky? I believe about <laughs> submarines is <laughs> Nice. Wow. Nice. Folks, we just lost two listeners. <laughs> I apologize for that. I mean, Where's you the, can't argue with it. Nope. That is a me. verifiable fact. Where's the drum roll? Yeah. He's got it somewhere. There we go. Yeah. That's terrible. Okay, can we get back to crappie fishing? Terrible. Yeah, let's do it. So the crappies, when do you, so I always ask you these questions, Larry, because you, mm-hmm. you know the patterns. Every year, Dan asks these questions. You think you'd write it down. You got this thing called a notebook. Well, I've got a it's notebook like that, right there. It's like that movie that you watch that with your wife. That notebook's got better handwriting than me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can read it later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you you are always really un, in depth with the, are in tune, I should say, with the fish movement. Mm-hmm. So we're at 46 degree water temps right now. And when when would you expect them to start moving up towards the docks, up towards shallow? So, so normally, Dan, you had fished a place that is one of my go-to spots. And when it hits 46, that place lights up. Okay. I don't know what you had on Friday. I just drove through it. What did you have? It was about 46. There we go. Okay. So now when it was is, down though. Yeah. I don't know if that matters. Like the water, like the water levels the were water down. Water levels down. Yeah. And there, and that creek that runs in on the back end of that, I don't know if it was running or not. Is it too high out of the water? Did I didn't you, go did all you, the way through. Yeah. See, I just went to the mouth. Yeah. And that's the reason why that produces early okay and it's only good for a few weeks and then it goes away this is not a secret spot but you don't want we don't want to share it because it's no it's already a community we don't want more community yeah right you're right and um so now let's follow that so do you know when crappie spawn you were saying low 50s right 55 Mid 50s. Okay, but it, okay and and this i'm going to ask you maybe a technical question because i don't understand mm-hmm. some of this is it when the water temperatures are rising that's a good question. Because I, I don't, because I've had it where it's 50, like it's been 55 mm-hmm. and it's just like stagnant and they're not spawning. But then you get the first sunny day when it starts to get up a little bit and then they're like spawning like crazy. But I was just wondering, is it always a rising temperature that triggers them to spawn? I, I can't answer that truthfully, okay. John. I, I, but what's funny is muskies also spawn at the same time. Yeah, I've seen them up shallow. In the same place. And why do you think black and silver works? Because it looks like Well, I mean, crappie. that makes sense. Because yeah. if I was up there and I saw a 12-inch crappie in front of my face, I'd eat it too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. But they have love on their mind, so it's... But, yeah, that, but, but that's did, the truth. That, and that, maybe, and you can follow those crappies out and the muskies will, and pike will both three be right with them. So... So forty. So when for do now when until do pike spawn? Don't they spawn oh, at like thirty-seven? 50, they, they spawn under the a lot of it underneath the ice. Oh, that'll be weird this year because okay. I could ice fish on opener for giant pike mm-hmm. on a spawning bed. There you go. Yeah, weeds weeds are up a creek. One one of the others, what they do, and they they need that. Yep. Well, I think all fish need mm-hmm. some kind of flowing water to spawn. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's or moving water, unless you're bass. But yeah, then bass spawn and everything. 
Yeah. So when it seems like a lot of the hot crappie bite is when they're not actively spawning, but they're, right. they're staging to spawn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so everybody thinks right now they're spawning. No, no. They're a long ways away from spawning, you know, so. So yeah, somewhere that, in that upper 40s, low 50s is kind of the sure. magic zone, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And each year is different, like we're finding out today, you know. And if it's going to hit 70 and say it hit, well, let's just go to 18, back in 18. Ice went out like two days before, okay? And then we got to Memorial Weekend, and it, it so the ice went out, and then it went like to 100 degrees. I don't know if you guys remember right. that. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was horrible because the, the spawn windows were like, Boom, 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 boom. It was so fast. And mm -hmm. I mean, the fish spawned, most of them spawned, but it was so quick. Yeah. I, I did a thing on Memorial Day itself for Channel 11. And they wanted to know if, if it made a difference. So I, they hopped in my boat and I showed them it didn't. It made it really good. Okay. I caught, I caught 10 bass in 10 casts. All right, but everything was spawning. Everything was there. There's the crappies. There's the bass. There's there, everything was there, and uh, so they must be just triggered strictly by water temperature. There's mm -hmm. no other. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's length of day. I think it's all water temp. Water temp. You know, it's it's not like a buck, you know, and and a turkey. I think I think it's all water temp, John. That makes and, sense. And, well, I'm just going to go to walleye now, if that's okay. So when walleye spawn between 43 and 47. Now this is. No, these are just ranges, right? But say they come in and this big storm rolls in. They go right back out. They didn't lay their eggs. They might not ever come back in. They'll just absorb those eggs. And that's why some years you have a crummy spawning year. And it could be species specific, but I know it's very prevalent with walleyes. And they need that windswept shoreline gravel bottom for the eggs to be. Mm -hmm. You know, how deep are they? Are they are they spawning at? All eyes are pretty shallow, aren't they? Like yeah, three to five three, feet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, it's but it's usually mm -hmm. so. If that gets wrecked, that that temperature gets wrecked, and it's just like way too hot there, and they miss their window, they just skip it. Yep, and they yep. reabsorb the eggs later. Reabsorb the eggs. Or if you catch, I mean, you've probably caught you catch a crappie mid July and it's still it's got so eggs, and you're like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's they're reabsorbing them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yep, and then they don't eat for a while when they're doing that. So, well, I'm sure because all, all the proteins and stuff from mm -hmm. the eggs are mm -hmm. reabsorbing. It's like if you eat a giant meal at McDonald's. It's like omelets again for breakfast. Again, <laughs> 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 I'm over it. Gross. <laughs> I liked it, but it was gross. <laughs> so, what do you think, Larry, about the idea of Minnesota being one of the very few states that has closed bass season i like you, it you think that's a good thing mm -hmm. i know i know I'm, I'm the odd guy okay i like it just because i know the quality of fishing we have okay that's why do we want to keep harassing these things can't we give them a break for for two months two and a half months big deal right that's why minnesota's so good we have a season Right. Yeah, if, if you, you just you, you leave them alone, they they're they're not stressed out. They're yeah. You know. And then guys are jerking them off of beds and jerking them off of beds. Anybody can jerk a fish off a of bed. Why don't you try something different? Okay. That that's all I. Uh, uh, that's my own opinion about it. Maybe that's a little arrogant, but yeah, the, I, I don't fish a lot of crappies on the beds anymore because I just there's something 
and I don't know what, what, when I had kids, it just feels unethical a little bit. Like, you know, that, they're trying to do the whole natural cycle and you just rip them from there. And mm -hmm. it's like, can you just let them go? Cause all you're doing is, I guess, increasing your odds of catching fish later. Right. You know, just wait a week or just fish yeah. deeper and catch ones that aren't spawning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that's, I, I agree, John. And I think I it agree. stresses the whole fishery out. Mm -hmm. I've, I've watched a lake and Larry will, will attest to this, a lake get ruined by people fishing during a spawn. They took a, Two, mm -hmm. roughly 2,000 crappies out of a spawn, and it decimated a lake for 10 years. That's not good. Nope. Mm -mm. Do you know what the origin of the word decimate is? Uh, no, but it would be Latin, I would assume. It's to reduce to t one-tenth their original strength, right? Yeah, so it was a punishment in the Roman army. They would decimate a population where they would choose one out of every 10 people and kill them. Mm. Interesting. And, it, and it ruined the lake for 10 years. It ruined the lake. It was terrible. <laughs> Never thought about being a Roman person, but yeah. Yeah, that's what it means. Fun fact of the day. Mm -hmm. You're full of weird facts. You're, you're like <laughs> and, I, and I knew that one, too. You Is did. this Ripley's Believe It or Not? I know. Yeah. I actually sometimes think that makes it sound like less than what we use the word decimate for nowadays, but... Yeah, decimate, usually like you would think like total destruction. Yeah, it actually sounds a lot, lot better now that you've told me that. I might not use but that But if you way. had to punish a troop, uh, set of troops and one out of ten random people just get killed, it would suck to be wow. standing in that line. Yeah. It's not the best odds. No, no. <laughs> no, it's you probably have better odds not mm -hmm. winning like a dollar lottery ticket. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, back to your question again on the bass. Just because of what I've been able to do for decades, but I've also traveled the country besides. People come to Minnesota, and they've come out of Texas, they've come out of Missouri, they've come out of Kansas, they've come out of Tennessee, they've come out of Arkansas. We caught 40 bass, man. I can't believe it. Oh, no, it's pretty good. Well, yeah. I said, well, we don't have 12-pounders. It doesn't matter, man. We we can go in days with not catching any or one big one, and the only thing they don't have or they what they have is they don't have a season. It's mm -hmm. open year-round. So you get this on a constant, you know, they can't believe that they're getting bit. Yeah. Sure. And are, are they anywhere from 12 inches to, to 20 inches? Sure. But they can't believe it. Well, if you had a season, maybe. Okay. That makes sense. Because, yeah, that's definitely the case down in Texas and such where they, and then there's certain, it's hard to fish down there. Yeah, it's certain periods of time in Minnesota where a 40 fish day is terrible. Exactly. I'm not joking. I, I am not trying to brag, but no. I've, my son and I have had mornings where if you don't hit 100 by 9 a.m., we had a bad day. That's right. Between the two of us. Mm -hmm. And again, people say, yeah, you're arrogant. You, That's not real. Well, yeah, it is real. No, oh, it is real. It I, is real. I, that's why I bought a fish clicker from Rapala. Exactly. Because I was like, there's no way we caught 100. And you click it, and you're like, yeah, 100 fish. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. That's how you know. I don't trust the fish clicker. It I brings do. me bad luck. It's like bringing <laughs> the big net when you muskie fish. No, if I go muscle Never fishing, bring I bring net. no net. Yeah. Then I'm guaranteed you're to get one. Guaranteed. You Every should. time I get the clicker out, it's always a, it's you, a bad day. You want to catch a trophy <laughs> pike? Throw out a $30 bass lure. Every time you <laughs> trophy pike. It will, it will break you off, but you'll catch a trophy. Mm -hmm. You'll hook a trophy, I should say. 
So how do you attack crappies? So, I mean, like, do you have a certain sequence that you go up and down the drop off? Like, I don't know. I have different approaches to it probably than you do, but water hits 55. Do you have a certain way you fish them or a, a preferred way to fish them? Okay. Yeah. There, but there are some ways. So when they're deep like this is, and even in the fall, I'll, I'll just drag a light 16th ounce or a 32nd ounce jig down in 17 to 22 feet of water. Just drag it like you are a Lindy rig. But suspended. Yep. And okay. So you just up a hair because you saw them on your locator. Yep. Now we go back to, because they, they were up high early. Now they're gone a little deeper, right? So now, now like I said before, I, I saw them on my locator. The number one way to do that is cork them when they're suspended like that. You're just going to, remember their eyes are on top, so they're going to see that even if, you, you don't have to be directly on them. They'll see it, and especially if they're hungry. And you can also throw little rapalas, okay, like and just crawl them back. Yeah, countdowns yeah. or something like that? Uh, yeah, or um, the, the rip and wrap. Okay. The, yep. ones you yep. use for, the ones you use for ice fishing. So similar ice fishing techniques. Exactly, yeah. And cast it out, let it sink a little bit, and just start cr- cranking it back, but not fast. You're not burning it back. Now as the water gets warmer and they're getting shallower, now they're a little more aggressive. Then everything's in play. Uh, beetle spins or stuff like a beetle spin. It doesn't have to have a twister on it. It could be marabou. It could be, you know, your favorite little boot tail, anything like that. Again, just, but you're not burning it back. You will catch bigger fish. And that's, uh, then the floating wrap, the one and a half incher, that's key. You'll catch bigger fish on that. Now, you're not going to catch fish every cast like you do on a cork. Yeah. Okay. But you are going to catch bigger, bigger fish. And it's actually more fun. Oh yeah, that'd be a lot more okay. fun. So those that's, those are the techniques I kind of use the most. So, but when they go shallower, now you got every temperature in the you got to be in the fifties. Yeah. And uh, you know, so and time of day. Now actually, the later in the day, the better because it's getting warmer during the day. Not this year, but. Normally, yeah. Normally, normally it warms up to sixty during the day. Right, we have we have sixty. So that evening bite is better. And the key to that, there aren't anything hatching right now, meaning bugs. Okay, there are no bug hatches, but once that hits fifty, you start getting bugs hatch, and that's why they're there too. It's not just a minnow thing; it's a bug thing. Gotcha. Yeah, because when the mud gets warm enough, Mm -hmm. there's stuff that, and what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of the bugs come out of. The bottoms of lakes, not yes. on the edges. They it's, come from yes, they come from the bottom. Yeah. yeah, and it's a whole different world when you watch a bug hatch come mm-hmm. up. It's crazy. Yeah. So where where I took Dan a year ago, that's what was going on there. The main thing was there, there was bugs and all sorts of them. We crushed that day. Yeah, that was awesome. But that's what people forget. Oh, it's full of minnows. Well, not exactly. There's also a lot of bugs. And well, but even the, the small bugs, if they're starting to come out, then the small minnows come, minnows and, then the, and then the crappies get, it's all full circle. That's, yeah, right. Well, I was out on Friday in mm-hmm. on Tonka, and we, I was catching everything on a Freedom um, plastic sidewinder. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I, I learned a, a long time ago, I've been using the Black Widow long shank tungsten jig heads with Freedom Baits plastic, because the, the, they have a pretty, it's like an old... 
like uh, Aberdeen style eagle claw hook mm-hmm. and they're actually long enough, but I like the tungsten cause it holds it just straight down. Um, those work yeah. really, really well. I was using a mini mite jig head cause the mm-hmm. tail, the tail broke off. Yep. So super glue that on. Yeah. Right. I need to, mm-hmm. but the mini mite, I mean, I don't know what, how mini mites work, but they are unbelievably yep. effective. <laughs> There's no motion in those. Nothing. It's like a stick. <laughs> the chubby they, bait company. It's amazing. They how hit a home they run years ago. But when they I ran. can't get them to bite the big ones. The, 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 the red, red jig head, white tail dynamite all the time. The bigger ones never worked for me or not nearly as effective. You should maybe fish lakes that are bigger crappies. I guess. Yeah. I'm in the Metro though. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are large crappies in Metro. Metro kicks out a lot of big crappies. No, we, you know, for a place, we fished a part of the lake that gets absolutely crushed for ice fishing. And we caught dozens and dozens of fish. Yeah. So it's amazing how many fish are in that lake. Just wait till they put some, you know, five fish limits on there. Then you'll crush them all year long and people can't yeah. keep them all the time. Yeah. Makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as far as power corking, what do you actually use? Because that term to me drives me a little bit insane because everyone's like, oh, power cork. I'm like, what? what? There's like 50 different ways to power cork. Yeah. And do you like pin it or do you like actually have a okay. slip float? Because there's, yeah, to no. me, there's a lot of variations of what, it, it's yeah. like a saying I drive a truck. Well, what kind of truck? What yeah. size truck? So I'm not power corking. For me, the power corking is, is done walleye fishing. Okay. Okay. So I'm just saying corking. And what do I use? I like to use the thill. Um, there's black and yellow. And then it's got the little weight on it. Okay. And they come in different sizes. Yep, like a stealth stealth or whatever they are. Yeah. A little lead weight on the little bottom. Weight, yep. Lead weight. You can cast it farther. Stands up easier. Okay. It eliminates that. Do you use the, I mean, the, like the teardrop style ones? Because I use yes. a lot of the pencil ones. So yep. they don't, no, if it's windy, they just stay. Okay, yeah, it's the yeah, it's the teardrop. Okay. The, I think yep. it's the Phil Pro. Okay. I think that's what I think that's the Pro series and they have the little weight ring on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I also glue that on cuz I've lost a lot of those. The O-ring either breaks and then it there goes everything. Do you use the one with the brass grommet? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, can we for me and for I'm hoping at least a couple people that are listening, can we get like a, a corking for dummies quick tutorial? Because I have I, I can't even picture what you're talking about. Bobber, it's, okay, a, bobber. it's a bobber. It's a bobber. <laughs> and and M- M- Mick Phil came from came from the UP the UK. Okay. And so when he shows up here years ago, he wanted all us to call it a float. I told him no way. It's a bobber, dude. A float is for fly fishing. Oh no. It's a float. I'm going to change this. In fisherman rope float, blah, 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 blah. Does anybody call it a float? Oh, it's a bobber. It's a bobber. Okay. <laughs> it's Minnesota. I mean, exactly. So, but he. So, he when did, did bobber become corking then? Because it's it used to be a cork. cork. Yeah. The, oh, okay. If you go the back original a, bobber. Yeah. A long time ago, they were cork. Mm-hmm. All right. And now they're all made from balsa. Actually, it's the good, good ones it's are. It's good to have you on the show, Tom. <laughs> no, because there are people who definitely don't understand all that stuff. Well, like Dan pointed out, uh, we, we were emailing a vendor a couple days ago, and he says, oh, you went uh, full full John. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I understood zero of what you just wrote. <laughs> I, just <laughs> clicked, like, I just clicked forward. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Forwarded to the vendor, and he's like, I have no idea what even the words mean. It was just numbers and it was. It was. It looked it was like not, it was straight nonsense. It was yeah. hot nonsense. When I read it over, I was like, "Boy, this doesn't make any sense." But it makes perfect sense to my brain. It just mm-hmm. it answered up. the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
just in the roundabout, like, oh, this is a two by four. No, this is a, you know, CHO2R. It just meant nothing. <laughs> He's talking about traditional bobber, slip bobber fishing. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I was going to, I was going to get. So where does the grommet I, come in? Or no, that, that's at the top. So it's a straw. Right. So on the straw, yeah. we have a grommet up here and then we have this body that's going to be buoyant. Okay. So sure. your line goes through the straw. Right. But there has to be. The a, stopper. Yeah. Which would require a um, bead. Mm-hmm. But first, the, the knot is, so your stopper, yep. then a bead, and then that bead hits that grommet, and it doesn't go through. Okay. Okay? Is that, the, the grommet also prevents was, line uh, from yep, cutting in, from digging grooves in it. So, and, mm. and you like the ones with, like, brass beads on top, right? The brass grommet. The brass, the brass grommet. grommet on the yes. top. Because, yeah. And I will tell you this, because you got to buy ones that are quality. That, it, you can't buy – if you – this is just advice. Never buy anything on the bottom shelf of bobbers. You go to Fleet Farm, the bottom rack that are all hot pink and blue, just don't just look up and spend three times the amount and you'll, life will be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Because it, those cheap ones, when you lose a whole rig or like a giant walleye because you're, you know, it cuts your line, it just, there's nothing more frustrating. And then they lay like this because it's hung up in there somewhere. Yeah. Or you, it's, you put braid on them for the first time, you get two fish and the, the bobber's cut in half. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Here you yeah. go, Tom. Yeah. We, we should that's actually... That's the lead, that's the lead uh, thing on the bottom, so the bobber's weighted, so it'll sit, it would float upright. Okay. And at the top, the white part. And that, and that helps you when you're casting, too, so it doesn't get all spun up then? Correct. You, yep. you can okay. cast further. You can be accurate with it. But the bobber will sit, stand up. If you're fishing a really light jig, it'll still, the bobber will still float vertically. Which is sometimes real important to have your, your jig so light that it's actually not like hung straight down. And other times you want it hung straight down. So mm-hmm. Interesting. So I had mine all rigged up to go out. And I don't know if somehow I had crushed the tip of the bobber or what, but I could not get the bobber stop to stop. Dan it bought the going, cheap one. I didn't. I had the, <laughs> did, I had, did you have a bead on? I did. But it was, I, I don't know if it was the pack of beads and floats or the pack of beads and knots that were just too small, but I was using a crappie cork. Mm. It was frustrating. I had to cut it all off. Do you use the rubber stoppers or do you use the tie stoppers? I had tie on that time. I have both. Um, when I bass fish and uh, Carolina rigged stuff, that's the stopper, the the the, yep. the booger, whatever yep. you want to call it. Okay. The thing that I lose and, constantly. And, and uh, you know, when, when you're using, like, I use a lot of four-pound tests when I'm you know, crappie fishing or sunfish fishing. It seems like the, to me, the knot works better. But Yeah, because I always leave my ends a little bit longer. Longer so I can kind of retie because I mm-hmm. feel like they always, with They'll loosen. the water getting on them and, and mm-hmm. you know, drying out, getting wet again, they always are loose. Mm-hmm. And I've had it before where I cinch it down too tight that I can't slide it anymore. There's a fine yeah. line. There's a fine line. Yeah. You know. I like the rubber ones for um, for Texas rigging. And to, uh, and frogging. I, I use them all the, it, They use them as, because, I don't know, maybe you guys don't, but that green slime that gets on the lake, I put yeah. one up like a little bit and it, Grab some of the green slime and prevents it from just attaching to the frog instantly. Get the angel hair. Yeah, okay. whatever that stuff is, that that's green a, algae. Yeah, yeah. But I've been doing that for quite a that's few a years. Great, and plus, a, then I can see that piece of angel hair, like yeah. whatever that green crap yeah. is, get stuck. And then I'm like, all right, I got a mess going. Or 
uh, cottonwood. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it'll get like, it'll look like that. But that stops bottle. it before the it'll, lure then. It'll stop it. And oh, it prevent that's a great tip. It. So Dan. I use it for uh, trolling John. too. I mean, just yeah. it's, I almost use it as like a, you know, and it doesn't mm-hmm. catch everything, but it, yeah, if but it catches a couple pieces of cottonwood. I'm happy because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you get the ball of cottonwood on there and it's, it's awkward to, mm-hmm. awkward to fish. Yeah. Cottonwood's a killer. Yeah. Okay. So we, you were describing how you set up your float, mm-hmm. right? Did we, yep. we didn't, yep. we never got through that, did we? No, but so we got a, we have a float or a bobber for everyone else in Minnesota or cork mm-hmm. or, but they're not cork. And it's, it's not the old red and white push the little thing down and no, it's not. Yeah. Okay. It's a little, those more. have a place though. They, I, yeah. I, we'll get to that because spring bobbers are great, but I don't nope. like the red ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I got some weird. I mean, unless you're jug fishing for catfish. No, the, the little ones, they work great. If you're, uh, they yeah, work well, good for for like a. I'll tell you how but, I fish them. But you're not going to use it with a ten feet deep. No. Okay. No, I'll, I'll show you. I, yeah. I, I have a specific way I use those, and everyone thinks I'm crazy. I buy you know a twenty pack of year because they only last for like eight minutes. Because mm-hmm. you hit one rock with them and they're done. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Or I a like boat. The, or the Phil Crappie cork has, it's a slip bobber with a spring on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you can do there's, both. There's that style. Sorry. Anyways. No, no, no. There's, there, that's, that's a style. And then John brought up the pencil mm-hmm. one. Same thing there. It all depends on how stealth you need to be. You know, that's, that's, and that John is using one that is the size of a pencil, the roundness of a pencil. It doesn't have a body to it. The length keeps it buoyant. Yep. Yeah. It's they're they're. I mean, they they've probably varied in over years, but some mm-hmm. are like six inches long. Mm-hmm. They have a little tiny thing that looks like a like a double jelly bean at the bottom, and then you can watch. You know, you cast if it's windy. That's what I use because then you cast, and the wind doesn't really take that little piece of pencil very far, so you can kind of sit it on a certain a break edge or something. So where would stealth come in? If you're fishing shallow, so you, the fish can't see the bobber? Shallow or? and clear. Like, if you're mm-hmm. with, like, gin clear water, I know gulls notorious for, you know, I mean, the water's so clear that you can't get close to the fish at all. Gin clear refers to the color of gin. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, I should. It's very clear. <laughs> I understood that. It's uh seche reading is very high. <laughs> so, Tom, just to go with that. So, if I had what I used... And John is using the pencil, and Dan is using what he's using, and John is getting more bites, and we're just getting these little pull downs, but they're not going. They're feeling that bobber, all mm. right? John's, there's no drag resistant, okay? Gotcha. And you catch more fish. So it's not that they're seeing it. It's no. more that they're, it's, it's a feel. Right. It's okay. a feel. It's thing. the same thing as like a, if you have a lake trout rod and you're fishing crappies versus a crappie rod, they're, you know, they're going to feel that resistance and say, hey, there's something wrong versus it just kind of taking down slowly. Mm-hmm. I thought it also had something, when you said stealth, I thought it might have to do with like how much it splashed when you cast. But that's, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's that what I was picturing possibly, in my mind. That, that's possible. That could come though. up sometimes. That's oh, a yeah. legit thing. I bet there mm-hmm. is some some form of that that would make sense. And that, well, how many times have you cast out and it sits there and then like, you know, because you're pounding on them, all of a sudden it sits for a while, boom, then you got another one. Is that finally scaring them? Maybe, yeah. yeah I don't know. Just, you know, they're, remember their eyes are here. Yeah, they're always looking okay. up. Mm-hmm. My favorite's the Phil Wobble Bobber. That's my favorite bobber. 
The wobble one. You don't. You know which one it is. It's like egg shaped. There's okay. no stem. I like the wobble bobbers, right. but they're hard to find. Well, how about the rocket bobber that everybody's using that tips up? Yep. Yep. I've never used one. So. And then there's water ones. Oh yeah. Water balls. That's been or that's been around for wing it. Yeah, wing it. Wing it was a is a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wing it's work really well. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break because I got I got to use the restroom. You got to go to the bath. John yep. needs a break. When we get back, I want to talk to you, Larry, about Metro Fishing Opener. Because right. that might be everyone's plan this but year. But I also have to bring mm-hmm. up the red bobbers, too, because I have a real specific okay. place where I use them. We'll, Perfect. We'll come back. We'll tease more bobber talk. Right. People are going to be wait, waiting. No, they just can't wait. This is riveting <laughs> stuff. Just put a cork in it, guys. Hold on. Nice. <laughs> oh, that was it. All right. That was good. All right. Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Two Up Custom Rods. It is just a time for opener. Get your orders in. Use code Iceman at checkout to save yourself 10% off any rods purchased now. And also check out Freedom Baits with their spring lineup and also some pretty cool new bass plastics coming up. Uh, use the code Iceman for 10% off on your order. And Maluna, if you're looking to keep your beer cold, you got to buy them. Or warm. Or warm. Iceman is the code for 15% off, made in Brainerd, Minnesota. Now you can pick up at their store, which is I did last Friday. It is pretty awesome. I think we're past the uh, needing to keep the beer warm stage at this point. Yeah, now it's, now it's keeping Finally. your beer cold. Finally. But you did admit it kept your beer from freezing for a lot longer than you thought. Long time. Almost long enough to bring beer to the weekend that he was supposed to bring it to. Yeah. Well, I got COVID. Sorry. I think yeah. I need to order another Maluna cooler because I really want a stealth gray one. You're becoming a Malunatic. <laughs> I I am already a lunatic. I was actually thinking about getting one for work because <clears throat> the vending machines where I work are just ridiculously priced right now. So I was thinking about... Oh, wait, well, how do you mean by ridiculous? Because the ones at my work for a 20-ounce pot bottle is like $2.83 or $2.83 after they ding it for the credit card fee. Okay, that's I'm like what was this highway robbery? Yeah, well so ours are 210 cash, 220 for the credit card. Okay. I mean, to me that's 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 a rip off. So what I want to do is I want to bring in a cooler and just like make like a Costco run and have people can pay me you know, I'll just But you're going black market. Yeah, yeah, I'm going off the books. So I'm going to have like all kinds of little snacks and I was thinking about getting a big Maluna cooler in there and just filling it up with drinks and bringing it nice once a week and should be good to go. Here's, here's a fun fact that I probably haven't told a lot of people, but I'm going to tell everyone now. Um, I, back in ninth grade, economics class, my teacher was talking about demonstrating microeconomics, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I went out with my mom to Sam's Club and bought $100 of the candy bars and then resold them to people at my school. Yeah, you, that's really a bad thing to do in school. Why? You got, I got in a lot of trouble because it wasn't for a fundraiser. It was for raising oh. funds for me for new fishing stuff. <laughs> so I made like a lot of money to the point where my parents are like, where are you getting all this cash? And why do we have to go to Sam's Club once a week? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that back then, king size candy bar, buck cash. I was making like Genius. 65 points and Genius. everybody was buying them because mm-hmm. the vending machine was a dollar twenty-five. Well, and when you were a kid, was the vending machine turned on? All no, day, all day no, long too. No, like I was, I was legitimately candy, right? the, I had a backpack full of Snicker bars, peanut M and M's, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 
And I take requests like if you, oh, you wanted salted nut rolls that week? Perfect. We'll, we'll throw in salted nut rolls. But I sold so much candy. It was unbelievable. I believe it. <laughs> I should start it up here. <laughs> no. Here, here <laughs> we get free water. <laughs> it's nice. That's good Dan, water. Dan's like, don't bring in candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> Please, God, no more candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> are are we all supposed to be on a diet right now? That's right. <laughs> I'm on a diet. Seafood eat. <laughs> Seafood diet. You forgot the first part of the joke. No, I just seafood and eat it. I don't even need the seafood part. All right, let's go back to power corking. <laughs> Not power corking. That's walleye fishing. Whatever. <laughs> what I mean, is there any difference, though? They just call it power corking because it sounds like cool. Well, I asked Chris Messerschmidt about that. He had a really concise definition. Yeah, for because it. you spot them. You fish mm-hmm. the spot on the spot. Right. And You drive around until you see a mark, mm-hmm. and as soon as you see a mark, you throw your bobber overboard. That's right. Yeah, let the bail go. Mm-hmm. But, you kill okay. the motor. Riddle me this, Larry, because I've I've thought this. Actually, my son told me this. He goes, why don't we just stay here and hang out and eat snacks and slip bobber fish? Because you know the fish are going to come by at some point. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you spend all your time moving around. And you could have stayed there and caught And fish. caught the same, you know, three or four yeah. walleyes that you, I only want that many. I don't mm-hmm. need to catch more. And it's almost like, he's like, I'm like, maybe you're right. This is just, you can just fish to enjoy fishing. It's not fish to enjoy. I need to catch the most amount of fish. I'm just out there because I don't really want to be anywhere else. I think I think if they're in that area, they'll come back to that area. But we all get into that, like you just said, I got to keep, I got to be active. Oh, because it's okay. it's always, I mean, I know a lot of people, it's how many did you catch? Oh, I got a limit. doesn't yeah. matter if you brought them home or not, but you caught your mm-hmm. eight fish or four fish or two fish or Mm-hmm. And and do you leave fish to find other fish? That's that's the tournament. That's that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard as a guide too. Because if you're catching fish, it's like, oh, I caught eight bass this hour. Do I leave this spot mm-hmm. to try to find a twelve bass an hour spot, or do I? Yeah, that can be tough. Oh yeah, yeah. And those are all the you got to make the mistakes. And then let that go compute to your brain and see if you're me. Your brain will tell you whether to leave or not. If you're me, you'll never know where they are and you'll just <laughs> be in one spot and just stay there the whole time and not catch any fish. So that's me. So I need to go with Larry. You're doing it wrong. I know. I, I know I'm definitely doing it wrong. So when you guys talk about what was it, what were you saying? Like a hundred fish is a terrible day. I've, no. n- I've never had that terrible of a day in my life ever. Not even close to that. But, well, I mean, I, that's not just me catching fish, but I mean, that's like two or three people catching fish. Mm-hmm. But if you're bass fishing, I've had days where, I mean, I'm sure Larry's attested, mm-hmm. but it's like you can't not catch a fish. A hundred fish. I've never seen it either. Um, I had a walleye day, David Meyer and Dave, 142 walleyes. Mm. No joke. I don't. I don't doubt that this no has happened. Joke. I'm just saying I've never seen this myself. Fact, the bass side. No, that's when it's going. But most of my stuff is in four hours, so I've never done that in a four hour period. No, but this would be. I, I'm thinking all day, sun up to sundown. Oh yeah, day. that's yeah. That that wouldn't be, that's be an issue if I did that. But a lot of forties. I always have. I want to catch twenty. That's in my head. That's what's. That's in a in a four hour guide. Yeah, yeah. twenty twenty per guy or twenty no, total. Twenty total, but I blow that away. But twenty is a good number anyway, no matter what you're trying to do. 
that's a good number because some people have never fished before. Some people never felt anything before. And some people have caught fish before. I mean, you got everything under the sun as a guide. So I got to start somewhere. And I, 20 is my goal. When I hit 20, all right, we're, we're doing great, you know. And then all of a sudden, hey, we got another goal, guys. What is it? I'm not telling you. <laughs> That's like when I bowl, like, I so, have to at least break 100. <laughs> Just please break 100 so I'm not embarrassed. Gentleman's 40. <laughs> but I've had, I've had 73 in a four-hour period. Fast. Nice. So, yeah, 100 fish day is not out of the question. No. You said if you don't get 100 fish by 9 a.m. is what you originally said. No. Well, I mean, check the tape, Tom. <laughs> probably. Let's roll, <laughs> let's roll it back. Yeah, probably exaggerate them, but I mean, it's a hundred fish day. Yeah, that that's that, that's totally possible. Well, it totally depends. If my get, kid gets up at four o'clock in the morning, that's that's a solid day for him. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something you can do. Mm-hmm. But Tom, you 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 don't fish prime prime opportunities a lot. No, I don't. Do you fish like the worst opportunities? Usually? Tom fishes out of convenience. When it, when it works, I should say. You fish when it works to go fishing for you. Right. Rather than you make it work to go fishing. That's accurate. Yep. That's true. Which is the, way, sorry, a lot, that's the way a lot of people do it. So what you got to do is you got to hire Larry because he like, he'll make it work every day. And, you know, he knows these techniques like corking and... So I have a question for Larry. When you're guiding, mm-hmm. how much do you fish while you're guiding? Not always. A lot of times I don't. A lot of times you don't. No, because okay. it, it, it's not about me. Right. It's about them. So I have to be the teacher. I have to be the coach. I have to be the dad. I have to be the brother. Okay. I got to unhook the fish. The key is to, once you're on them, to keep them being on them. So okay. Now, if they're not catching anything, and this happens a lot, I flip it out there. And <laughs> that's what I was going to That's what I was and imagining. Then, and here's the rod. Oh, there's no fish on there. Just lift up. Oh, got him. Weird. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then and then that gives them confidence, though, even though you're kind of a smart aleck. It gives them confidence. They are here. Yep. Now we're just going to have to watch what. Are you going too fast? Are you going too slow? Are you can't feel it? I don't know how you can't feel it, but it, it happens because everybody's different. Yep. And so. Well, and maybe... I don't know. I've never been a fanatic when it came to fishing. I've I've always enjoyed it, but maybe I would be more if I had more of those success stories rather than like complete failure stories, which is but, what I, which I have a lot of. But you have to. For me, it's it's like batting practice, right? If you take if you swing ten times, how many times are you going to hit it? Three. Once, two, three times, three, four times if you're really yeah, good. Three, yeah, three if you're great. Right. So you have four four good stories. Out of ten, mm-hmm. well, now I go twenty thousand at bats. Well, I, I still hit three out of ten, but now I have thirty thousand. You know, I have mm-hmm. three thousand stories versus just. It, it's just you just gotta put your time in, and I've learned that that I no longer go fishing when it's convenient for me. I go fishing when I want to, which sometimes mean that is awful weather, awful conditions, super hot growth, and I've had where some of the days that shouldn't fish shouldn't bite. The best days I've ever had in the water. And other days where it's like all the stars are aligned, you get the perfect low pressure system coming through, and you won't catch a fish to save your life. And so much of it, Tom, is confidence. Okay. It's true. It, 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 confidence in the lure, confidence in yourself, because you put yourself through those ringers. So 
my confidence is high. It's not an arrogant, it's just confidence. Sure. Okay. I get po- that. And positivity. So you got to be positive, number one. Okay. Positive, number one. Be grateful for what you're doing. And it kind of falls in place after that. I believe all that. So, and yeah, and the best time to go fishing is whenever you can. So start inv- accepting my invites. All right. I've invited you a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so you're going to come out for opener or what? I'll be there. You're going to come out with me for opener? Ice fishing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I just looked at the forecast. It's going to be 60s every day next week. I think you're going to be on open water up there. It, that's in Brainerd. Like mid high to mid sixties every single day. I don't know. That's is so it going to stay in the forties at night? <laughs> the problem is when it goes dry because yeah. it, it plummets every night. Mm-hmm. That's it, it's the, still the, the earth is still cold. Angle, the you, sun angle. You got is frost great. besides. You got the right? sun is as strong right now as it is in July. Just saying, it mm-hmm. didn't feel like that when I was up there. I walked out. I mean, it was kind of warm by the cabin. I walked on the ice sheet. I'm like, it is absolutely freezing out here. So, Larry, are you planning on guiding on opener? Uh no, that's that's for. My brother-in-law and two nephews, twin nephews. Are you going to be local? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Tonka. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, when you think of fishing opener, are you thinking walleye? Are you thinking bass? Are you thinking anything but crappies? No, no. So through the years, so 90% of my life has been, opening day has been on Minnetonka. Just really? because that's where we went. I've done Winnie uh, a few times and stuff. But 90 plus percent has been on Tonka. And it used to be pike. Ooh. My dad was a pike fisherman. That's what we did. Okay, troll. As time goes on, um, it's, it has stayed pike until the last six, seven years. Have you noticed a drop in pike population out there? Yes, and I hate it. It's, okay. it's definitely different than it was. It's, it, and I don't know why. Okay. Um, I know where the big ones are in, in July. I don't know where they are in the spring anymore. Spinner bait time where you can follow them. You can follow them from inside a bay all the way out to the first break. I can't do that anymore. I don't know why. That's interesting because that's usually the opposite problem of every other lake in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's no hammer handles or very few. Mm-hmm. But it used so. to be you'd go out there and you'd, you'd catch as many pike as you caught bass. Oh, yeah. Yep. Totally agree, Dan. Yeah, it's a good observation you just said there. Yeah. But since the Tonka Walleye program has taken off, it's turned into opening days where walleye fishing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not in the in the super dark hours? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It, well, must, it's gonna it be- must help to know a guy who goes with the trucks where they put him yeah. in the water. Yeah, I kind of know that guy. I kind of know the guy who helps put him in yeah. the lake. Yeah. Do you name them all? <laughs> it's so fun to see these... Beautiful walleyes go in. It's incredible. I always like those posts every year. Mm-hmm. Just a big truck. And this past year, there was there was a handful of 16s in that. And it normally should be 8 to 13 inches, but there are a lot over that. That they're stocking? Yeah. yeah. At, at 16 already? Them, yeah. Wow. That gives people such a good opportunity, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and I, I'm such a big fan of stocking, but then managing it really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I think. That's what our state needs to be. It's a put-and-take resource, but right. also try to build up a lake enough where there's a sustainable population. Yeah, we would like people to throw them back up to 16 inches, but, you know, people, they can't, uh, right? Well, I won't pass but, up a 15-inch walleye a lot because they're pretty delicious. But, right. you know, no. they get too small, and they're not worth it to clean. And, no, and they're two bucks a piece, okay? 
But we put we put in over one hundred fifty thousand in in eight years now. So I think uh, Tonka walleye have a bit of a benefit because they're such a a night bite fish on that lake, or historically, I guess I don't mm-hmm. know if it's changing or not. But usually, people who are walleye fishing Tonka are doing it at two in the morning. Um, you don't need to. Okay, but the springtime you don't need to, and then then in the summer they bolt into the weeds. So you get a bass fish them, all right? And then, again, in the fall, that is towards evening, but it's wonderful, okay? Just That's where my biggest wall I ever came from, mm-hmm. from Minnetonka. 14 inches? <laughs> jerk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to say it. Just double that, you jerk. Yeah, I think I caught a wall, bigger walleye by accident on uh, a birthday weekend. Fishing I, had, I had a 28 out of, out of Minnetonka. Oh, no, I didn't beat it. But that's the biggest ever, and I've been to a lot of real big fish. Yeah, you fisheries. go to Lake Winnipeg. I have to fish out of swamps and stuff. Mm-hmm. I caught my biggest walleye out of a lake that doesn't have walleye. Yeah. There you go. I saw a 32 caught next to me on Winnipeg, and I couldn't manage over 21. I might lose my mind if I saw a 32. It just, was really big. Just to be honest with you. And I think I've legitimately seen a 32 before. It was a really big fish. I used to fish the MWC, Jolson and I, mm-hmm. and uh, I never caught one. I've never caught a 30. My biggest fish, Spring Park, in 19, I caught it on a jig worm in 20 feet of water, 29-incher. I've netted 30s. I've never caught one. 30's <laughs> a different fish, okay. and I've told people that many times. Like, you get a 30-inch wall, it's a very different fish. Mm-hmm. I've never caught one. I mean, look how many come out of Mille Lacs every year. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, there are a few, a few yeah. but it's it, they're rare. I mean, that's and that body water should mm-hmm. kick them all out. Whitefish has some big ones in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen a mm-hmm. seen some pretty big ones come out of there. But yeah, so your biggest was on Spring Park, you said. Yep, twenty feet. That's okay. awesome. Mine was on Jennings. Okay. Yeah, there, there, yeah. <laughs> About twenty-five feet, okay. casting a deep diving crankbait at like four go. o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> See, honestly, most yeah. of my. Big walleyes have come at between two and four in the afternoon in June and July. Yeah. This was sunny, sunny, hot day in mm-hmm. July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my biggest walleyes came out like blue skies. Oh, like, yeah. Not a walleye condition at all. Yeah. They didn't, they're they weird. Didn't, they didn't watch the TV shows or read the books. So. Well, they're, yeah, too, <laughs> they're usually like too stubborn. They don't have Facebook yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So but you're going to do Tonka for opener. Yep. And what are you doing, John? Are you going to go up to your parents' lake? I'm going to try to get on ice, but if there's no ice, then I won't be on ice. Well, we got to find somewhere to go, Tom. It actually depends on if Should I get Should we just my... follow Larry? Sure. <laughs> I've followed Larry around that lake a few times. <laughs> it's probably pretty disappointing, right? I'll just, can I catch the fish you're throwing back? <laughs> we call him Tailpiper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got, a, I've got a rope tied to one of his cleats. Oh, the lake I'm going on is still pretty solid for ice. I think the one bay is open up, but... How busy does opener get on Tonka? When I was a kid, it was super busy. Honest to God. You had to get that. Well, we had a... My grandparents had a boat. My dad put his motor on it, or he'd rent one from... It used to be called Martins and Sons. That's the one there, Metro. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then a place called Paul's Landing. That's on Smith's Bay where that sailboat place is at. Anyway, yep. anyway. Um, nope. And then and we started to head into the 90s. 
uh-uh, people stayed away. And now it's back. It's busy again. I bet it will be real busy this year. I think so, too, because of what's going on. And it does have the reputation now of being a pretty decent walleye lake. And and, uh, gas is expensive. People don't want to drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a thought now to drive up north. You know, 130 miles is no longer just chump change. It's like this cost me 50, 60 bucks to get up here. Or more when you're in a suburban pulling a tandem trailer. Yeah. And if there's any question, that's going to be iced up when you get up there. Well, well, the thing, John, what you got cool, though, could it be a goal that you could be on the ice? Oh, absolutely. On opening, and, and we're not talking Mother's Day weekend. We're talking the middle of the month. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, me? there's, there's, there's a legit. There, there's, there's, a, there's a gold star. Okay. And if you caught a walleye through the ice no, and opener, man, man. no, I, yeah. I, I might just say I'm, I'm retiring. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, right. I'd be like, I, I did it. Yeah. I did the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like the, the Lions losing six, went 0 and 16. Come yeah. on, lose that last game. <laughs> would you, okay. would you boat out to ice just to get on the ice? See, that's, uh, I, that's I've done that before. I feel that's cheating. Yeah. Well, that's your only option. You were though. talking about that on the river. Oh, yeah. Right. Boat out to a the long frozen time. wing dams. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. My first time down to the river, uh, January 24th, 1981, with a guy named Larry Dahman. And uh, we put in at Everts because everything else is frozen. And they, they didn't, the power plants weren't putting out that hot of water. So as we start going towards the dam, he says to me, well, you're going to see what wing dams are, Hans. Uh, there'll be ice between them and there'll be guys fishing on it. Fully, what are you full of, man? Sure enough, we get up there, and then here comes this John boat with a 25 horse on it, a lab. They had an auger and a case of Schmidt beer. <laughs> they popped it right up on top of the ice, got out, and they they were this far. Dan, Dan to me, us, they're on ice, river, there's the dam, river, cruising underneath it, and they're standing, they drill their holes. <laughs> and they caught walleyes through the ice, and we caught walleyes in a boat. <laughs> Think of that. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Sounds scary. Scary it to sounds me. Sounds terrifying. But it was only just minutes. Here they came. I just couldn't believe it, you know. River fishing is different fishing. Those I guys, get to see that yeah. ice breaking off and going over the dam and... No, well, this is, this is below the dam. Below the dam. Oh, below the dam. Okay. Yeah, They're but we're only talking a hundred yards below the dam, or or so. Okay, so so a wing dam is a is a concrete barrier that goes from shore perpendicular out into the water to break the rapids. I got you. To, it's to funnel the silt and stuff. Yeah. So it makes so it makes like a slack water area that doesn't melt as fast. And a lot of them are rocks, but it's. It's officially either set up in front of it or behind it or on the tip of it. So, hmm. but it was something I saw and I just, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Just. So should we do Tonka Tom? Sure. I'm in. We got to see if dad wants to go. All right. So if I get up on ice, do I post it as, yeah. And I catch a walleye on ice. It's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how to walleye fish Minnetonka. It's always been an accident when I've caught him. Uh, I learned to uh, walleye jig fish. Jig in a minnow. Yeah, I was going to say, all I just throw is a jig in a minnow mm-hmm. all the time. That seems to jig be the answer for just about anywhere. And I specifically use only one type of jig and one color now. H2O jig in quarter ounce white. That's all I ever use. 
I gave up on trying to overthink color. <laughs> That's because your wife told you no more colors. Yeah. Uh, You've yeah. got so many jigs at home. You know, that's the second part of his legacy. Okay. Yeah, right. So <laughs> the I, rafters full of I stuff. Ha- I have a confession to make. I found all the lures that I've been hoarding since October because I haven't been really up north and doing stuff. It's it's now moved to three different size boxes. And I had to take the giant Amazon box from the floor mat that I got the other day and put all the lures there now. You're going to have to take a ballast out of your truck to fit it all in there. I know. Well, even like Larry, the gross Larry borrowed some Daiwa reels, and mm-hmm. I had four of them that were new that I kind of didn't remember about. I mean, I knew they were there, but I didn't I didn't choose to remember. It's a real problem for you. They're sweet. It, it really is a real problem. <laughs> they're, they're right here. Yeah. Well, and I, there's a box of lures over there. Those are freedom baits. Yeah, I know, but there's still a box of lures. And we have to split those. We're giving Tommy two. Nice. I get two? Single soft plastics. All right. That's all you can use on opener. <laughs> You're going to get your confidence way up. Yep. You got to have confidence baits, though. I, I'm, what, Larry, what's your confidence bait? If you were to pick. Okay. Doesn't oh, matter boy. what species. Let's go walleye. Let me answer er, for you. Early, early season right it's now. walleye. I don't oh, know. jig and a minnow. Yeah. But what you got to have probably have a specific jig color. Uh, depends on where I am. Well, come on. Okay. Just, so you can just, just, just say go, one confidence bait. So okay. let's go to we're, Minnetonka. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, um, custom jigs and spins, pink glitter. Okay. Okay. And it uh, depends on how deep it could be the 16th ounce. It could be the quarter ounce. It could be the one in between the eighth ounce. And then there's, yeah. But it's, pink, it's, pink and glitter. It's so funny. Everyone okay. has their confidence bait, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And my brother-in-law, he's going to use a chartreuse one. Okay. His two boys are going to use whatever I put on. They're the lab part of it. Yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. They're the lab. They're in my lab. So. That's but awesome. That, but, that's, but that's the color. that, that Pink okay. and glitter. You heard it here first. Yeah. I'm going to go buy some. I'm, I'm sure I don't have any of those. <laughs> you said you don't need any more. You said you got one color that you use. I know, but Larry just told me I had to buy a different color. They're going to show up at my doorstep. And, 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 and on those, are, there's a different head. So it's not your standard round, and it's not the, um, the Aspern style. It has a little more. They work really good in current, too. Okay. More of a teardrop Is shape. Is it a V on the bottom? Uh, no. Hmm. Yeah. So, Dan, what's your go-to? For, for what? Walleye. Early season. Actually, wait, you don't fish walleye. So I mean, if it was early, I guess jigging a minnow. Or if it wasn't early, just a Lindy rig. That's what, I, that's what I've caught the most on. I have not. We're pulling a spinner. I have not fished a lot of Lindy rigs in a long time. I have kind of given up on it. And I don't know why. I think it's because it's slow. It's slow. It's too methodical for me. And it's like, I mean. When I first got the bay liner and i was able to go walleye fishing i had never i had never caught a lindy rig fish so i was like i'm gonna figure this out and then i did and i was like oh i kind of like this mm-hmm. and i think i grew up with like fishing on Pel- uh, pelican and gull and lindy rig was just lights out for so many years that i think i got burnt out of fishing it most minnesotans are good riggers and jiggers yeah okay jigging's harder for me because I, I never feel confident confident that I'm getting it down. 
I always feel like I have to change weights or like, I always feel like I need a heavier weight is what it is. But I know that that's not the answer. Is that the one you use? That's it. That's it. So that's the same one as I Show use. Me. That's it. But I use mine in white. Great minds think alike. I had bought a, a few years ago, a bo- the box with the different colors. And for Tonka, that the pink one is. I wonder if they think it's a crawfish. Could be. All right, I have an opposite question of that of that question. So that's your that's your go to like mm-hmm. confidence. That's mine right there. there Probably are. about as a Minnesotan mm-hmm. as you can get. Right, and I think it's because no but one uses white anymore. This might I usually white, want something with some white in it. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, look a solid white. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it looks like a dead shiner or a dead. You know, it just looks dead. All right, so, All right, this, so should we th- move on? This might hold on, hold on. I, I got one more question. <laughs> I know. I'm just. <laughs> All right, so this might be a stupid question, so you can just nix stupid it. Stupid question. What? All right, so that's your go-to like confidence mm-hmm. setup. Is there something that's like so overly difficult or so something some, that you some, don't have confidence? Something in? that you really like a lot, but you haven't had a lot of luck on, so that like when you catch something on it, it just feels better just because it feels like you put in more work using that drop shots for me. I really struggle with drop shots mm. and I don't know why I think it's more of, I've had such terrible luck with them. So then catching something on that is going to be all that much sweeter then because no, I actually, I, I can't stand fishing them. That's, like, that's what I was, that's what I was. Oh, asking. you want like something like, that I, something that you think should work and you haven't had maybe a lot of success with, but then once it finally does work, you're like, finally, I don't know. For me, it's maybe a that's jig. A ba- maybe that's a stupid question. No, 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 because no, no, I, I, ha- I have one. For me, it's bass fishing a jig. I want it. It's like the staple for so many people for bass oh, like fishing. The, and I'm the not pork grind jig or like what? No, like just a heavy quarter half ounce three quarter ounce with a skirt big and a jig trailer. with a trailer the bass yeah. jig yeah flipping it under docks i can't mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not good at skipping it you you gotta go off your deck and put a five gallon bucket out and well, just and i just, can flip i mean mm-hmm. I, I can do that but it's like skipping it up underneath the dock that i, oh. I just don't have any confidence in that it's 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 well, that's a heavy jig to be doing that with it's something i'd like to be able to do better and then get bit on it yeah because usually they catch big fish. Well, it's on the bottom, and you're dragging through weeds, and it gets old. Yeah. That's the problem with it. Yep. And you got to cover a lot of area to find that one spot where it's hard bottom, and they're sitting in that, even though you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the... That's for me. So you picked, you picked a tough one anyway, Dan. That's Yeah. But if you want to catch a big fish, you got to hang in there with it. Here's what you do. You don't bring anything else. Yeah, that's your only choice. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned how to use a bait caster. Fact. That's how I learned. I bought one at Galleons back when they mm-hmm. were open, and they made good rods. Ouch! You guys ever watch that show? <laughs> that that show Ouch. Alone. Have you ever seen that before? Where they get dropped off in the middle of the wilderness and they have to survive all by themselves for a hundred days living off the land. Mm-hmm. And they have like 15 items that they can bring. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've told my wife that would be a fantasy. You ever see the one that the, and, and this was maybe two seasons ago, the guy won when he killed the muskox with the, with the, <laughs> with the knife. Is that the, that, that? No, one? This, there was a guy and, and he won. I mean, he won by a long shot. Like the other guy bowed out at 70 days, but he at a hundred days, it, he looked miserable leaving. Yeah. 
And I was like, I think I would be that person because then I would know that my phone's going to start ringing immediately once I'm done with this. Oh, you won a million dollars. I want to be your best friend. But he just seemed perfectly happy. And even his ending, I saw the trailer and like going back to his family and he just he just didn't he just didn't look that happy afterwards. I could, I could do another 100 days out here. Easy. Yeah, he's like, uh, can I sign up for round two? Reality. Well, the reason I bring that up is because they can have fishing gear mm-hmm. as part of their survivor survival, but it's literally like line and a hook. That's it. Okay. I don't think there's any jigs. I don't, I think it's line and a hook. There's no, but don't they, they are always in remote places where you can get like lake trout off the shore and stuff. I mean, it's, it's but they're, they're, you know, they're fishing through ice too though. So they're chopping through ice to get, I'd bring a 24 volt auger <laughs> and a generator. <laughs> That's not on the <laughs> list of approved items. Oh, right. right. Larry, what was so yours? Just because you said, yeah, if that, that's what you need to do to catch fish. That's the only thing you can bring. That's the only thing they had available to them. And it worked. Yep. So it's the jig and wrap. And you can take anyone now. You can you take the moonshiner minnow, and you can take the tika minnow from clam. I caught them in the river, and I've caught them ice fishing. I could not catch any in a lake. All right? So it comes down to, I'm, I'm almost positive, less weeds. Okay. And you cast it out, and it took a while. And this past fall, I got into them, finally. Casting it out, snapping it back, and getting the right snap to it. But I, I went years without all these guys telling me, that, hey, they're catching them, we're catching them. I'm just going, I'm not. And I've, I've used them forever. But in a lake, not ice fishing, just yeah, they're, they're a different okay. type of bait, mm-hmm. chicken wraps. I mean, they're, they're, it's a definite skill because if you rip them up too hard, they don't fly right and flutter right. And mm-hmm. and then if you do watch uh, YouTube, there's guys snapping the living daylights out of them. And I always think know. it's like, okay, if you're on a bite like that and the fish are that aggressive, it doesn't matter what you throw. It's mm-hmm. the days that they're not that aggressive, mm-hmm. you have to be a little bit more technique specific. Okay. That's but just my. That, that is a hard jig to use. I'm mm-hmm. not good at it at all. Okay, that's that was a killer for me. Now, can I reduplicate it again, or do I have to go to a place where it doesn't have weeds, which I was on, and down in 16 feet of water, made an underwater point, and then there was another hump at 23 feet, and the fish were there. I went there four times. And okay. it kept working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, the lake you fish is a very weedy lake. Yeah, I know. But you would think, but it didn't. It didn't. I didn't have luck. But ice fishing or out down in Red Wing? Piece of cake. How about you, But that's, that's vertical jigging also. True. Okay? Yes, you're casting it out and let it sink and then. Okay. I don't know. It'd probably be drop shotting. Oh, yeah, you already said that. Freaking hate that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to love it so much. Because I see so much potential and I just, I suck at it. I don't know what I do wrong. A lot of times I see people do it wrong where they cast too far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've been bitten off by pike probably 900 times now, drop shotting. I've kind of given up. I even tried to drop shot with minnows once. It works. It worked great for the seven hooks I donated to the lake. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, the mouth is right here, and there's a line. Oh, yeah. They literally, it's like, oh, got one. Oh. And it's like, now you have to tie this whole thing with the spin shot, and then you got the weight mm-hmm. on the bottom. And 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, I'm done with this crap. Well, I, I like the spin shot for yeah. me because I didn't like it before that. I tried it and it's just too much Mickey Mouse. Well, that's what I mean. Okay. So it's like, I know it should work, right? Mm-hmm. The, the theory, it's like a Lindy rig that I can pin a weight to the bottom and have it two feet up. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, walleyes are suspended. Absolute ideal. Can I do it? No. Because every fish I hook on it, I, I lose them. It's like. Now they make one with a Nico hook. So yep. that we're talking VMC. So that's a little longer. You're gonna you're not gonna get you're gonna get bit off, but not as many. No, mm-hmm. it still gets bit off. Okay, all right. I even tried to use like a real long shank saltwater hook. Mm-hmm. Still, yep. They're hammering through. Oh yeah, especially when you got a you know four inch mm-hmm. minnow on there, and they're like, look at that thing, and they just take the whole rig, and then it's just. I get mad because you lose the little tungsten ball at the end, and so now it's like I use whatever. Right. Weight. I can, you, yeah. Cheap weight mm-hmm. I can have. Use them old walking sinkers if you got them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I've, I've even used the, the, the Ned. Hooked it wacky oh. style. Yeah. No joke. Works fine. <laughs> okay. okay. So last part of this question now, because I just thought of something else. Mm-hmm. Something that is popular to other people, but you look down on it. You think it's just trash and that you, and you, secretly and really roll your eyes when you see someone else doing it. I, I have to go on this one because I frowned upon this for like three years until Dan finally convinced me to try. It was wacky rigging. <laughs> I I couldn't do it. I don't know why. It was like I had some personal vendetta with it. It just seemed so dumb until I lit, Dan's like, just try it. I tried it and I had probably the most epic bass fishing morning of my entire life. Well, that's the opposite then of... Like this is something that you that you think is just trash. That I you, did you, think it was you, trash. You would not do it. I I didn't do it. Okay. So he has a, he's he's come around. Yeah. I finally I finally he saw like, the light. Yeah. Because Dan's like, oh, look at this bass. Look at this. I'm like, this doesn't work. I cast out there, and it was like the first fish was like a 21 inch bass. I'm like, huh. I had never heard of wacky rig until I was in your boat, Larry. It's the first time I ever saw okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So look at that. Well, good. We Larry that taught out. it to to John. No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always willing to learn new techniques. For me, it's well, jerk bait fishing. I don't like them. I don't like fishing them. I don't like the retrieve. I don't have a lot of success on them. I've got a lot of them. I have a lot, of, a box full of them. I just mm-hmm. don't like jerk bait fishing. I know someone you can donate them to. Do you want them? Yep. I'll trade Hold you for them. two rods. <laughs> Does it say X wrap or shadow wrap? I was going to say if it says X wrap, some of them certainly do. I've got some some. That JDM, like expensive ones, you can have all of them. Give me two rods. Give me, give me half a rod. I'll take the half rod. rod. I'll take the rod. Don't, sock. don't. <laughs> whoops, you got to bleep that one out. I just said an F bomb. Don't negotiate against yourself, Dan. Yeah, you just you went from two rods to half a rod <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without him even answering. I, I couldn't even get it out fast enough. I think I said yes. I so worked the time yeah. that one. And it's a legal binding contract now. <laughs> Terms and conditions will apply. No, I people have such success. I just cannot get the cadence. I don't feel comfortable with jerkbait uh, fishing. X wraps are probably my one of my favorite spring walleye baits ever, but I also color them all so or spike them or whatever you want to do with glow paints. Nice, every one of them. Mark Fisher made a very compelling case for them. (laughs) Well, I I use them in a specific way and I streak the colors. Um, like you figure a minnow that's been beat up, so I streak the colors always with the body, but then I like stab the marker in it. So it looks like it's got like extra spots and stuff in it. 
and I think it's I'm convinced it works better. But yes, all my lures glow. So like my X-Rap box, the whole thing is bright green in the night. So how about you, Larry? Is there anything that you're just like, nope, not going to do it? I can't think. Can't? All right. No, no. That I just, yeah, I can't think offhand. Um, you know, I had, you heard about the drop shot. I hated it at first until VMC came out with the spin shot. Um, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be doing it. Okay. Um, I still don't understand the bulldog deal. Musky fishing. I just don't get it. Let's throw this pounder piece of plastic out there and jerk it as hard as you can. And maybe out in the middle of the abyss too. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> there's no, Cause, there's cause no structure, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that's not my style of fishing. It's just that I, see these guys do it and then they talk about yeah I caught one yeah how many days did you go you know but musky fishing in general I love to hate it I've given up twice in my life it's like it's like a drug 90% of mine have been an accident a few have been caught doing it I feel like one of my problems is is that there's so so much variety that you just get lost in the variety of like you don't even know what to choose because you're just just overwhelmed by all the different choices you know pick two things and fish them really well I, if i had to one suggestion and this is me personally be a jig fisherman for walleye and a wacky rig fisherman for bass you probably could cover 90 percent of the scenarios all year long mm-hmm. and, and with the jig fishing That also makes you a good jig worm fisherman. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, it just kind of just, yeah. it snowballs. Like mm-hmm. if you if you can fish a jig really effective, you can fish then a jig in plastic and a jig in minnow, and all of a sudden you're like, I understand this because mm-hmm. if you picture it, you cast out, and if you you know click your bail right at the end of the cast, it swings like a pendulum down. Or if you let out a little extra line, it can go down and then straight out. So it's you know it's it's different how everything works. Mm-hmm. I always try to picture it like how I mean if you close your eyes and you could strip the water away and you could see exactly how where the fish are it's pretty easy to see where they are and getting them to bite is a whole different problem because mm-hmm. they only they're only going to be in 10 percent of the lake there's a lot of part of the lake where they're just not there it's like no one sits and lives on a freeway i have a whole bunch of baits that i never use <laughs> we all do dan what well, damn you i i subscribed to the mystery tackle box for two years and I thought it was fun to get, but I quit because I just had boxes of stuff that I just never, ever used. Uh, jerk baits, for example. I, I know someone you can give them to. But I mean... Three rods. <laughs> he was down to a half. Nice. Stop <laughs> this. Thanks, Tom. I'm his agent. Keep it up. Keep it up. You can have half of my... Three and a half rods. <laughs> you can have half of my one rod. But it's only because you don't have confidence in it. Okay? Yeah. And I have stuff that I know that I can get the job done on. But mm-hmm. I don't... I struggle with expanding... I do. Myself. I do like John's suggestion of just like get really good at two things and then go from there. Because it's like going to the grocery store and seeing twenty-seven of the same different things and different varieties. You're like, what am I going to buy? I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, you can sit there for hours contemplating which brand of soup you want to buy. Well, the lures first have to come off the shelf, so meaning 
you have to like what you see. Doesn't mean it works. Okay. So. Yep. Okay. So. Everyone has opinions on them too. I think I like what the fish don't like. <laughs> you just like, you just go at the wrong times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I would say there's, with a asterisk, there's probably no bad lure. All of them can catch fish at certain points in time. Mm-hmm. I just want to be the guy when the world ends that will actually be able to like live. You want like, to be the country where they can survive? I want to be able to make it at least 50 days on alone <laughs> fishing. I would. I, I don't know if I could just fish every day and then no one to bother me. Oh, I don't know. Sounds like a fantasy camp. Yeah. You hear a snap in the woods, though. <laughs> yeah. As a bear is going to come and eat you. <laughs> well, there were some guys, you know, they would get, like, you know, fish for the entire winter, and they'd lay them up and dry them, and <clears throat> they'd be asleep, and they'd hear rustling, and wolverines were raiding their fish stores. Like, they lost their entire their entire store of fish for the whole winter to wolverines in one night. And then they couldn't get back out on the lake because there was too much ice, or or, or, yeah. or it wasn't stable enough that they couldn't get off, you know, mm. beyond the shore. So then they're like, "Okay, I'm tapping out now. I'm done." Yeah, because you, you without food in the wintertime, you you don't survive very very fast or very far. No, because you're burning so many calories to stay warm. Yep, that's why I put a thick coat on my body during the winter. So one gal, she 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 went really deep, but then she. She wasn't catching fish, and all she was getting was rabbits. Oh. And it was just pure protein and no fat, and she had to tap because, you know, she had plenty of rabbit meat, but it was just, like, nutritionally, she couldn't survive off that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go fishing a little bit, and let's right. build your confidence up. All right, let's do it. Johnny went with me last year several mm-hmm. times. He was starting to get into it. It's, know, all, it's all confidence. Yeah, and, and most of my confidence and my experience lies in ice fishing, so I just need more open water mm-hmm. and we'll open go. water i think is i don't know for me it's there's so much more mobile you just drive your boat to a spot nothing happens in 15 minutes move yeah it's not like ice fishing sometimes oh it's now turned to negative 55 versus <laughs> negative 40 and the wind picked up 35 miles an hour out of the north well in 10 days we'll go to minnetonka all right let's do it 10 days i'm on ice you're on ice you're on minnetonka mm-hmm. you'll be on minnetonka before then too oh yeah 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 i don't even have my boat out of storage oh wait because there's a giant pile of snow in front of the barn that i'm supposed to get to <laughs> oh, and gonna... the barn doors are frozen to the floor yeah this is great i wonder how many fishermen have like air tags that they've thrown in the back of larry's boat this so they can follow him around the lake <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get those I, alerts uh, i know there's a lot of people that pull in and they do this I'm not joking, and I'm not bragging. That's just what they do. Let the record show he's marking they're, waypoints they're right marking now. marking waypoints. Doink. Oh. But the thing <laughs> is with that, you're fishing memories, and memories don't last with fish. No, they don't. And, and we I, all do it. Oh, I... I, I am, still do it, okay? I, I have learned, I mean, and it's funny because I went to... Or we had Jason Mitchell on a while ago, and he's like, oh, I, don't, I delete all my waypoints. And then Tony Roach, I was listening to a seminar last Thursday... And he's like, I save all my waypoints. I'm like, yeah, but you know those waypoints don't exist. I said, I have waypoints that the lake is four feet different in depth over the last two years because stuff changes, bottoms change, things move around. If you're going to use a guide's waypoints or guide spots, you better be paying the guide. That's my opinion. Thank you. And But at the same time, if you hire Mm -hmm. a guide, Mm -hmm. 
Like, and you get shown a spot. Was I open? That should be, that should be, you right. should be able to go back there. Right. I mean, it's not like you should be shushed away from there. Was I open with you? Always have been. Okay. So, yeah. But the thing is Whoever. like, it, but I think, don't you, don't, wouldn't you agree though? I mean, yeah. like if you're, if you're, if a client's on your boat and you're taking them to a spot and then you see them a week later in their own boat in mm-hmm. that same area. Well, I mean, you, know, right. you, you paid for they, that, yep. that spot. They, yeah. They paid for the knowledge of that spot. But if someone's following you around. That's, yeah. Or if you're like going following a tournament fisherman around clicking their spots, that's. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you're giving. That's not cool. It's you're giving oh. a person a fish versus teaching them how to fish. It's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Like if I was to hire a guide, which I've toyed with it on certain lakes, but um, I'm way too cheap. Um, but like I would rather learn how they fish, learn mm-hmm. how they dissect the spot. Well, it was, super, it was invaluable to be on your boat. And like Larry, like I Thank said, you. I never had never. I didn't know what a wacky rig was. I never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Now I do that constantly. Same with mm-hmm. Ned rig. I yeah. still don't really get what jig worm means because it's just a jig with a worm on it. But that's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's though, it's but. too simple of a term for me. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's so deadly. You know. I want it to be shaky head or I want it to be mm-hmm. flick yeah, shed or but something. But no, see, it's that's, just literally now you're going to overwhelm a guy like Tommy who's just starting off. And I said, <clears> just buy a hundred pack of wacky hooks, three trash bags of black senkos, and you're good. That's all you need half the half the year. Green pumpkin, black, no. but that's the difference in water clarity. I don't, I've never used a black senko. That's all I ever use. I'll use black flake sometimes. I don't know what or color it is. Just black, blur bullet or whatever. They all look black and slimy as they're cooking in the top of the bow. <laughs> Whole bags are greasy. Mm-hmm. Dan, have you ever cut another fish on a frog since that one? Oh, since have I ever caught yeah. other f- frogfish? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I frogfish all the time. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite. I actually have a frog rod on order back there. Okay. It's not ready yet. So. I know. I, <laughs> sl- I, I, slow- I slowed him down. I don't know if he has sped back up since, but I slowed him down and he caught a 20 inch. Yep. So now my thing is I make, I force myself to slow down because I put a 3.8 to 1 gear ratio Corrado on my frog rod. And everybody's like, that's too slow. I'm like, I can wind as fast as I want, and the frog doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that usually you're supposed to have the high speed on the frog rod I to get them out of the goop com- after you get in there. That 3.8, and you could crank a boat around. Right, that's with a winch. It. Yeah, it's absolutely, and no one builds them anymore. Yep, I've been using it for like 15 years. I love frog fishing. Yep. I do too. That bite has been challenging lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a bad bite last year for me. Frogs were tough, but I always pinch my barbs on frogs. That's my only rule of frog fishing. You pinch your barbs always. That seems like a. I've bad been choice. hooked by more frogs than anyone in the face. Because <laughs> when I set the hook and there's oh, no fish there, back. that sucker's going at mock, <laughs> mock. Uh, oh shit! And at my face, <laughs> sunglasses and pinch barbs. <laughs> yeah. Will you keep doing that then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get out there, Tom. All right. All right. Or you should hire Larry. I want to. Let's do it. Where, can, where can people hire you, Larry? Oh. Speaking of. You can hire me. This is on my, my phone number. You want to you you uh, put it out there to the, to sure. the world, to the masses? Yeah. 612-810-5096. I do have a website. It's always being worked on, but it's always way behind, so... I don't really need a website. I'm one of those lucky guys who has a ton of repeat people. 
That's awesome. Who? That's because he catches fish, folks. That's no lie. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys. Larry That's, could catch a fish in that five gallon pail over there full of <laughs> rainwater. And <laughs> people should follow you on Facebook at Larry Hansen Outdoors. Larry Hansen Outdoors. Good yeah. information. Always good, you know, up to date topics and things. Yeah. You can also listen to me on Real Talk Outdoors on mm-hmm. Bob FM. Sunday nights. Sunday nights. So but yeah. yeah. He has a competing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> His podcast is so good it's a radio show. Yeah, yeah. I know. Weird. Well, you get the three things with it. You get the live, okay? You also get the streaming side, and then you get the podcast the next day. So it kind of covers it. And they have a lot of good fishing reports, and I listen to it religiously just for water temps because (laughs) it saves me, oh, probably about $800 worth of gas a year. There you go. I'm happy that happens. Generally. Well, no, that's I listen to water temps because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, uh, Pakegum is this water temp because then I know, mm-hmm. okay, that area should be about this water temp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. And we're all of us inherently are stats people, believe it or not, we are. So that the water temp relates to you, or it relates to me. Because mm-hmm. you know? I know in my mind, once the water hits fifty degrees, I can start trolling because fish will move mm-hmm. before that. It's really, you know, it's for me, it's a touch and go thing. Mm-hmm. Just my experience. But that's well, true. Yeah. We really appreciate you being here, Larry. Thank well, you. Th- thank you for having Always me, such a wealth of knowledge and great to be able to pick your brain. Thanks. I don't know. Are you going to be out there tomorrow? Uh, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. On Wednesday. I'll be out there tomorrow. Okay. I'll let you know if, look, if they look, snap. Yeah, perfect. Because it, it's going to slowly... I watched it go a degree today, Dan, but that wind was from the, the northwest. Yep. So it blew that warmer water towards me, and that takes a while. Just because it's windy, it doesn't mean, boom, that water's already changing. It takes a little bit. Well, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good stuff is coming. Yep, it is. And enjoy it, guys. Everybody out there, have a great opener. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And be safe because that water is very cold oh, still. Man. Just those two guys in yeah. uh, did Just, they find a second guy? I think they did. Both of them didn't survive. But, I mean, people have to be very safe. It's not, you got to wear a life jacket and stuff. That's fine, but life jacket isn't going to no, keep you warm. Life jacket, they're going to find you. Yep. That hyperthermia is going to set in in no time. And now what? Yeah. Just be cautious. Mm-hmm. Take your time. Don't do dumb things. Good advice. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks a bunch for being here, Larry. We appreciate it. Thank you to all the listeners. We are going to keep trying to be on somewhat of a schedule. The summertime gets a little slower, but we'll be back soon. No, it gets busier for all of us. Yes, busier outside the studio. Yes. Yeah. The Way content busier. will never be better, though. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, right. everyone. Thank Have a great you. Night. Thank you. Thank you.